Last week on this radio station, you heard the first of what will be a number of mayoral forums involving the candidates for mayor of Springfield in the upcoming April election. Incumbent Jim Langfelder, challenger, city treasurer Misty Busher. It was a very informative and professional discussion, set a great tone for the remainder of this campaign. But it also raised some questions I wanted to follow up on. So we'll have both candidates on this week, Mayor Langfelder later in the week. But this afternoon, Springfield City Treasurer and a challenger in this mayoral race, Misty Busher, is live in studio with us. And welcome back. Great to have you here. Thank you for having me, Jim. I really appreciate it. Let me just uh, start by getting your sense of the campaign so far. Never an easy thing to take on uh, an incumbent, but uh, what are you hearing out there? How are you feeling about the race? I feel really good. I would assume my opponent would say the same thing. Uh, but when I go out knocking on doors, I've been knocking on doors every weekend in January, both Saturday and Sunday, and the reception has been wonderful. A lot of the uh, people that I'm meeting are just saying they're ready for a change. They're ready to see new ideas, growth, improvement in another fashion. Um, a lot of people are concerned about their streets and their sewers and their sidewalks. They feel like those items have been neglected. I hear that repeatedly. And then a lot of people just want to know where is our growth going to come from? They're very worried about growth in the community. You know, and I want to talk about some of those specific issues. Let me ask you just another uh, quick political question or two. There was sure. an article in the Journal Register last week uh, about fundraising, and you have a, a fairly substantial money advantage in the race so far, uh, and you're getting some real backing from from organized labor. To, to what do you attribute that? Why why are you leading in the in the money race, and why is labor backing you? So the uh, money race, I think I'm leading just because people do want to see change. Uh, my my opponent has maybe a cross to bear that I do not have, so to speak, where he was treasurer for 12 years and then mayor for eight years, so 20 years of city government. And people are just saying it's time for something new. It's time for a fresh change. So I believe that a lot of my financial donations uh, come with that same theory. I know people are aware that I stand for um, some very strong changes in City Hall, and they're supporting that. They like that theory. And then the unions, it goes along alongside with that. There have been issues where we have not um, administered our contracts and followed through with verifying that prevailing wage is being handled on our contracts, and we've agreed to it. So I think they just want to make sure there's somebody in place who's going to push the rules that are in place and enforce them and make sure they get followed. When you talk about making big changes at City Hall, mm -hmm. elaborate a bit more on that. What specifically are you talking about? What kind of changes? So I've been a squeaky wheel for eight years. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I have tried very hard to get us to do everything online. I want online plan submission for any kind of plans, whether it's a developer coming in doing an entire uh, project for commercial development, or if it's just, you know, your architect is sending in plans for your new home that you're building. I want online plan submission so all of our city departments get those plans at the same time. The plumbing department, the electrical division, fire safety division, everybody gets it at one time. How, and can how does it happen it. right now? You bring you, in paper. You have to physically bring in uh, all of this stuff on, on hard copy paper. Yeah, and it's 2023. It's time that it's electronic. Um, so that is something I want to push for. Also, any sort of permit or any fee you need to pay to the city should all be online. I'm not saying we won't allow you to come downtown and pay it, but we should allow you the convenience of playing, paying it from home. Uh, I have a child who works in the e-commerce field, and that field, she got out of college about six years ago. 
is so much bigger now than it was six years ago because people want the convenience of doing things from home. We need to do that at City Hall as well. And I've talked to my counterparts, the other municipal treasurers across the state, and I do feel like we're lagging in that at City Hall. So that is uh, two very big pushes I've made. And then the third would be um, just more customer service friendly. So for instance, if I have a developer who wants to put a new commercial building in, there would be a staff member at the city that would see that project through the entire way and would communicate with that developer on a weekly basis at a minimum saying, okay, here's where your project stands now. This is what we're waiting on. This is what we're doing. Right now, the developer has to call into City Hall, hope that they get a phone call back, you know, that the person they're leaving the message for is going to be in or not on vacation. So we need to do a better job of holding someone's hand through that process so that we are more customer friendly. Uh, a couple of things on, on the points you've raised. Let's start with the making uh, things more available online. Do we mm-hmm. have the the technology infrastructure to do that and to do it securely and to handle that volume of transactions? We do. So I am in charge of the credit card program for almost all of the city other as treasurer, other than City Water, Light, and Power. But what I did when I became treasurer was I did an RFP for credit card services, and I made sure that we use the same... Uh, provider that City Water Light and Power did. So there's consistency there because before it was two separate providers. And when I took office, the provider that they had did not have what's called a shopping cart feature, which we as citizens take for granted. So if you were paying three parking tickets online, you had to pay a ticket, check out, go out there, pay another ticket, check out. It was bananas to me. So streamlining things, making it easier for our citizens, and it would be very easy to do. As far as the technology to get the payments out there so that you can see them when you log in, we have a wonderful, they call it ISD at the city level. You and I know it as IT. We have a wonderful department there, and I'm sure that they would be happy to assist us with all of that. And you can make it so it's it's hack-proof and people's personal information is not going to be vulnerable. So the when a person gets on my site or the library site or the clerk site or whoever site to use a credit card transaction, it automatically connects with our credit card provider. The city doesn't house any of that information. It goes directly to the credit card provider, which allows us to be PCI compliant. To your uh, policy about uh, developers working with and having sort of an assigned staff member for their project, and you mentioned that right now if they call in, maybe the person's on vacation or something, but that's going to happen if they have an assigned staff member too. There's going to be people who are going to be on vacation. So how does your plan differ from what's happening right now? So the assigned staff member would know we have these six projects in the works. Okay, I'm going to be out. So, Jim, you need to take this over for me. Or, Misty, you need to take this over for me. Right now, because we never know where those plans are and what process with what department, there really isn't a person with their finger on the pulse of what's going on with that project at all times. They, they don't plan for vacations and say, hey, I'm going to be out, so he, here are the things in my portfolio that somebody well, else is Well, because you have the paper plans, what happens is it goes to zoning. It goes to building and zoning. Then it might go to the plumbing inspector. Then it might go to the electrical inspector. So there isn't anyone that knows exactly where that process is to communicate to the developer, okay, here's where it is. Here's what we're doing. If we have online plan submission, then of course all those departments would get it all at one time, which would expedite that process for the developer. Springfield City Treasurer Misty Bushers here with us, candidate for mayor of Springfield. And we have to get you out on time because you have more city budget hearings yes, tonight sir, and all do. this week. Uh, and last time we, we spoke, I asked you your impressions of the budget. You had just started to really d- dig into it. So let's delve into it a little bit further. What do you think of the budget? Are our spending priorities in the in the right place? Are we spending money on the right things? So there is additional money in the budget, which you've heard uh, the budget director and the mayor speak about. Um, 
our citizens at all of the ward meetings we've had for the last eight years consistently have the same complaints over and over and that additional spending is not being put on those issues the citizens have so that's the only problem i have with some of the additional spending is i would like to see us address more of the concerns our citizens have i understand we're trying to move the ball forward and try some new technology or do something new at the library but the problem is the citizens have been speaking for eight years and we need to listen to them if we're going to have those ward meetings and so where would you have put that money? I would have put some of that money towards streets, infrastructure, and sewers. Um, there's very little there. So that needs to, to happen. I did see in the sewer budget there's about $1.2 million for um, research and development of the north end sewer system, which we have been told by the EPA we need to get that shored up. Um, but really every ward, not just the north end, and I live on the north end, but um, Ward 10 out where Lincolnshire is, they're complaining about flooding. Uh, you know, Ward 2 on the east end of town, they're complaining about flooding. So it's everywhere, Jim. It's not just where I live on the north end. We, we do have a very healthy fund balance. In fact, apparently a record high fund balance right now. And we'll still have a healthy fund balance after this year if everything goes according to plan. What does that say about the, the mayor's stewardship of the city's finances? Well, I guess it would say they've saved money. So I would save some of this additional fund balance instead of spending it because just a few short years ago we were talking about possible layoffs because we didn't have enough money so if you do have additional fund balance I don't believe in spending it all down I would save some but at the same time if we're not fixing the roads the sewers and that that's where we have fund balance right so you'd keep additional money in reserve beyond what what the mayor's plan would currently call for so they're just keeping in reserve our normal they're spending it down to where our normal level would 16% be 16 percent roughly right. of the um so if we were talking about layoffs a couple years ago maybe you spend 50 percent of it down keep 50 there see what happens next year we might have a, a recession going on if we don't then you could spend more but there isn't a the city is on fire where we have to res fix everything right now. So I would probably ladder all of that instead of spending it all at one time. So keeping more money in reserve, spending more money in infrastructure. Have you mm -hmm. thought about what then is in this budget that money's going to be spent on that you would not spend money on, that you would cut out of that budget if you were making the decisions? So I'm going to leave that and I will be happy to come back after the budget presentations because I haven't had the luxury of hearing from the directors what they're putting in and why. Of course, they've all explained that to the mayor, but I don't know. That's it's not been shared with myself. It's not been shared with the council members. So we all need to hear their presentations to know what their thought process is and what's in there. Springfield City Treasurer Misty Busher is here with us. She's a candidate for Springfield Mayor. We're talking about a lot of issues. Some of these covered in last week's mayoral forum that you heard live here on WMAY. And this is one of those. Uh, Treasurer Busher, you uh, talked last week your thoughts on the Wyndham City Center downtown. The big discussion right now about whether they should be allowed to convert uh, maybe uh, as many as half of their hotel rooms uh, to apartments. You took a pretty hard line that says, no, we shouldn't convert any more of the hotel rooms at the Wyndham to apartments and, and cited the concerns of downtown business owners who say they really rely on convention business, visitors, tourists here uh, to improve their bottom line. Now, the, the owner of the Wyndham has been pretty persistent in saying he can't keep going the, the way he's going. He can't break even with the hotel as it's currently configured. And it doesn't seem like he's had much luck trying to, to sell it or get somebody else to take it on. So uh, if the choice is between... Uh, you know, having uh, 225 or 250 hotel rooms in the rest apartments or the whole thing shutting down. I mean, uh, do you think that you can you can stick to your position on this and still have the Wyndham be a, a viable concern in the city? 
I absolutely do, yes. And the reason I say that is, if you talk to Scott Dahl from SCVB, we're back to 2019 numbers for for visitor business in Springfield, so the visitors are coming. Um, I also know that we have plans of all kinds of exciting things coming to downtown with the new transportation hub, the Third Street Corridor, so there will be even more people coming downtown, so we're going to need those hotel rooms. I also um, know that if this particular owner couldn't make it work, that there are people out there interested in looking at purchasing it. The problem is, it sounds to me, as I looked for what the owner owed on it, because I pulled all of that up, it appears that they might owe more than it's worth. So I don't know that someone's going to pay what he owes on it. It's going to have to either go back to the bank or they're going to have to do a short sale. Well, uh, and I, I guess that that really boils down to it. He, you know, has the right to essentially, you know, do what he can do to try to make back what he wants to try to make back on it. How concerned are you? He might just shut the whole thing down. Well, I believe that if he shut it down, he would. I'm assuming let it go back to the bank. I don't know yeah. that. I've never had a conversation with them. Yeah. But then you're getting zero income on it, right? right. So eventually something's got to give with all the debt on it. I don't know anybody that's going to make loan payments on debt and have zero dollars coming in and be able to maintain that. Um, so I would think that it would behoove him to do the best he can. And what people aren't talking about, though, is the expense of converting it to apartments. Again, I'm against it, so I'm not saying I'm for it. But... I mean, just look at what it would take to convert the apartment to city water, light, and power standards, mm -hmm. let alone everything else. There's additional expenses there that no one's talking about. So that that has to play a role as well. Um, but I, I do know from talking to the retail establishments downtown, the convention business and the visitor, the Lincoln visitor, that's where they're getting their money from their shops. And they're very concerned if we lose those conventions. And I believe from what I learned from Scott Dahl, we've at least lost one already. So... We need to be very careful here. But if we had more people living downtown, and you're talking, again, potentially uh, dozens, if not a couple hundred apartments there, wouldn't that become a customer base that doesn't exist right now? I mean, those folks are going to have to buy stuff someplace. So I had stated at the debate I am for turning buildings into apartments, not hotels into apartments. And there are plenty of vacant buildings downtown we could turn into apartments. I All right, we are back again with Springfield City Treasurer Misty Busher, candidate for mayor, who is spending this hour with us and a lot to talk about, some of which was covered during last week's candidate forum heard live here on WMAY. And I think one of the most important conversations last week uh, had to do with some of the fallout of the uh, horrific incident last month, the death of Earl Moore Jr. to EMTs now charged uh, in his death. Uh, and there was a discussion about uh, this, about uh, EMTs and how medical services are rendered here. And, and Misty, you talked uh, about this. Uh, and it was, um, you know, it was it was very moving, very powerful uh, to talk about this and what firefighters have experienced out in the field. It raises the question about our fire department's relationship with the ambulance companies. We have a, a lot of firefighters who are, are trained in providing some level of medical services there, but we also have these private ambulance companies. Should we continue with that two-tier system of firefighters responding to these calls along with private ambulance companies? Or should the Springfield Fire Department just take on EMT services and just run it through the city like we do uh, fire and other public safety response. So before I answer that, I just want to repeat that um, I 
am very sad for what happened to Mr. Moore. And any time someone in our community loses their life to something like that is a very bad day for Springfield. So I do want to send my wishes, my best wishes out to his family during their terrible time that they're going through right now. Um, and they're going to relive this terrible time over and over and over again as this case goes on. So that's also not a good good thing for them. As far as the EMT service and the firefighters, our firefighters are trained at a very high level of EMT um, service, and they have been directed by our current mayor and corporation council and fire chief to climb in the back of an ambulance when at a call because the ambulance personnel does not have the same credentials our firefighters have. And then the firefighter rides in the back of the ambulance to the hospital and stays until the person is secure that had been in the ambulance. That is something that the city, the taxpayers are paying for. The ambulance companies aren't paying for that expertise. And if we have a firefighter riding in that ambulance, if that ambulance gets in an accident, then our firefighters at risk, right, of getting injured, which were scary. And then we're taking a rig out of service. So we do have to look at this. If the ambulance services are having a hard time getting the qualified personnel needed, we do have to take a hard, fast look of, do we just pick up maybe for a a pilot, a trial error, to a trial period to see how it works. Maybe two used ambulances instead of spending large amounts of dollars because they're not cheap on new ones and only having our people respond to the severe calls. Um, from what I understand, our ambulance companies make the bulk of their money on regular transport, meaning I I'm not able to drive. I can't get around. I need you to pick me up and take me to a doctor's appointment or something like that. That is where they make their bread and butter from what I understand. So those aren't the things that we would want to participate in. We would want to participate in, I'm having a heart attack. Get somebody here now that can help me and administer something to me. Maybe we need to look at that. I've already been speaking with our local uh, 37 firefighters union about that. I had lunch with them a week and a half ago when we discussed this particular issue to see what kind of conclusion could happen in order to give the citizens of Springfield the service they deserve when they call 911, but at the same time, uh, not hurt the current ambulance companies that are in, because there are three of them out there, and we do not want to take business out of somebody who's invested in our community by starting a business. As a practical matter, uh, when somebody is calling 911, they think in that moment this is a, a big emergency. It isn't always, but that Correct. person certainly thinks it is. So would it be, and I, you know, to a certain extent it works this way now, we dispatch the fire department. If they get there and say this is not really a, a critical situation, then they call in the private ambulance company? Or, or Is that how you envision it working? I think that we would have to work with Sangamon County because they own the 911 system. The, the 911 operators are through Sangamon County. We would have to work with them um, to figure out what type of call would we go on. And I was recently in a car accident where 911 was called. I blacked out from the impact. Um, they asked, do you need an ambulance? They, they asked those questions. They try to figure out what kind of service needs to be to that accident scene or to that 911 call. Um, I also think, and I talked to both police and fire unions about this, the city itself, we could do a better job um, educating our citizens on the non-emergency number and what is a true 911 emergency and what is not, because sometimes people just don't know what other number to call. So if we could do a better job of educating our citizens and they would know who to call to get help.
I think it's going to be a really important discussion in the uh, in the months and years to come. Let's let's talk about a couple of potentially happier things right now. Sure. Um, and this is one that didn't come up during the uh, the forum last week. And in fact, you mentioned it to me uh, off air. You've been uh, taking a little bit of a look at the beach house out by uh, by Lake Springfield. Of course, the the beach has been closed down to the public for years and years and years. The beach house hardly ever gets used out there. But mm-hmm. you think at least some of that could come back? I do. So the Community Foundation, which is a great foundation in Springfield, uh, did a project called The Next 10. And if you go to the Community Community Foundation's website, you can see all about The Next 10. And what they did with The Next 10 was they talked to citizens in our community and asked, what do you want to see in Springfield? What are the things that would excite you? What do we need to have happening in Springfield? And one of those items in The Next 10 is the Beach House. So I just looked at the Community Foundation's Next 10 and looked at a project that I could put my spin on an idea if I were the mayor of what we could do there. And what I shared with you was we would look at putting a food truck park out there and there would be patio seating with umbrellas so that you could be shaded from the heat. There could be a dock where boaters could come in. There would be a small area where you'd have like a stage for acoustical music or maybe play a Cubs cards game. Uh, There would be uh, beverages sold out there and there would be a small playground, bocce ball, core, bags, so people could have a fun, free place to go to at Center Park out there, utilize the beach house for the indoor restrooms, the air conditioning, and the drinks would be sold from there. And then you could have the outdoor space where people could just enjoy and hang out and sit. People love those things. That's why I think Leva Amp does so well. People want to sit outside and hang out. So it's just a way to utilize the beach house, let people go have a bite to eat out in the beach area or in the uh, lake area, so to speak, see the view of the lake and just have fun with their family. You would not reopen the beach itself, though? Correct. No swimming? No swimming. Um, there is on on the plans that I've been talking to some um, engineers and architects about, there is some ideas of maybe putting beach volleyball down there because that's was... I don't know if you remember in the Four Seasons days, that was a hot commodity. People loved to play beach volleyball. So maybe you bring something like that back. So there's just more outdoor sports and outdoor fun for people to have because I do think families want to do those things. They just don't have the space provided to them to do it. You actually got some plans and some design work uh, mocked up? I did. I did. I uh, took it upon myself to do that. And Is that out of your own pocket or campaign funds? or Mine. Okay. Yeah. So do you have a sense as to what the sorts of renovations you're talking about would cost? Uh, Not yet. And I did talk to the people that are helping me with the plans about how we would do it in phases. Instead of having that expense at one time, you would do a little bit at a time so that you could maybe, as we were talking about earlier, as you're saving some of the fund balance. You only spend a little bit this year and then a little bit next year, which is what we should do a better job of the city anyway, is taking some of our police car replacements, fire We ordered eight fire trucks last year. What are we doing to someone, or taxpaying citizens in 15, 20 years, eight trucks are going to go bad at the same time. Um, I don't know about you, but my husband and I never buy two new cars in the same year. You know, we rotate that because it makes a better financial impact on my family budget. We need to do the same thing with the city budget. Let's talk about the Y Block. Uh, came up during, mm-hmm. the, uh, during the forum last week. Your thoughts on what we should do with that space downtown? So I'm very excited about next future years of downtown with um, the Adirondack apartments coming in. Uh, I know that there's still a push to try to get some sort of college presence downtown, which would be great. The Third Street Corridor will soon be closed and we'll be able to use that for walking bike paths. And there is a plan to put commerce on that along that area downtown. You've got the transportation hub that the county has going on, which is going to be great. So we're going to have more activity and more people coming downtown with all of those 
items going on. That's why I said at the debate, I like the green space of the Y Block. I like the fact that the Love Amp series could continue. Our citizens love coming to that. And even citizens from other communities, the small towns around Springfield, they come to Love Amp. It's no different than I have friends that live in Springfield that go to Sherman to the amphitheater out there for concerts. We need something downtown. Our businesses tell me that they like to see visitors downtown and they like for us to bring new visitors downtown and our citizens that don't go downtown or work downtown that maybe live out west or live out north where I live enjoy going downtown for events such as the farmer's market or Leva Amp. So this just creates another event for someone to go to which is why I said I saw an outdoor cinema there. Would, would you make any improvements to that side at all? Paths? Uh, you know the, the mayor on point talked about maybe having a, a water feature there having an amphitheater of some sort there. Would you make any improvements at all or leave it as pretty much flat green space? Um, what how do you envision it looking? Well, I, I envision the, and a lot of downtowns do have like an outdoor cinema type feel. So I envision that structure for the outdoor cinema. But that would be a permanent structure as opposed to something that would be brought in. And yes, then, okay. correct. Okay. Yes, yes. But I would also want to make sure that it complimented Love at Amp that we didn't hurt that because I want Love at Amp to continue. I do think that's a, a great thing that goes on, on, but it's Thursday night. So we could do other things down there on other nights. Mm-hmm. So there would be some permanent structure down there. And, and just more landscape essentially but not not a ton of building structures on that on that side. right so that people have a place to sit picnic and if you go to Le- have you I don't know if you've been to Leva amp but yeah. there are food trucks parked along Capitol Avenue and along you'd still allow that to happen so people have a place to get a bite to eat and a drink if they don't want to pack their cooler and bring it down with them what do you think about the possibility of having a, a cannabis lounge on-site consumption of, of cannabis cannabis is a growing business here in mm-hmm. Springfield uh, should we allow that the way we allow people to consume alcohol on the premises and bars all over town? Um, It would not bother me. I just think the only thing we have to worry about is enforcement of traffic if people are driving impaired or not. That would be something we would need to look at. And, uh, I mean, we, we do that right now for bars. and right. so, so So, we. I mean, I know our police department or the county will sometimes set up, you know, what do they call them? Yeah. Road trap, speed trap. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I try not to participate late at night at anything. So. <laughs> do do we uh, do we have too much in the way of recreational cannabis, or uh, you know, and some of the other things that are coming out, like sports betting and things? Do you, do you do you want to hold the line on things like that, or just see what you know what the market will bear? Well, I believe, I mean, cannabis is clearly legal in the state of Illinois, so us having cannabis uh, dispensaries is not wrong or illegal, and people utilize them and like them. I mean, I know people that are friends of my husband and I that go to them. So I'm not against them at all. I've not been in one, but that's just my personal preference. Everybody has their own right to choose what they want to do. I would say if the market demands, I'm fine with them. Um, I'm not against the lounge. Like I said, you just want to make sure you somehow have rules or put the message out that we don't want you driving impaired, you know, if you're if you're partaking at the lounge. I'm going to let you get out of here because I know you've got to get to a meeting downtown. Last okay. words for people. We'll have you back, obviously, okay. but, you, but your last thoughts for people today. How do they uh, find out more about your candidacy? What, what do you want to leave them with? So they can go to the campaign website, which is mistyfor4mayor.com. Um, they can also look me up on social media. And what I want to leave with people is I'm just a different person. Uh, I'm clearly female. My opponent is male. Um, I have different ideas, different plans, and a different way of doing business. It doesn't mean that um, I am trying to knock my opponent. I'm just saying I'm different. And if you want to see new changes in Springfield and something different, I would be the candidate for you.